Welcome to the Singaporean Golf Pro Podcast, the podcast for golf professionals by golf professionals. This is episode 9 of the Singaporean Golf Pro Podcast. It's been a while since I posted because of the uh, same, same reason as before, There's a lot going on and I'm very happy to be back and very happy to share with you guys a brand new episode. Uh, today on the podcast, we have Mr. Kyle Coloras. I'm sorry if I pronounced that wrong, Kyle, as always. And uh, Kyle's the director of golf at Hillview Country Club. And he wears many hats, you know. I want to keep the suspense, so I will not share about what the hats are right now. And he's a very interesting person to speak to because he has very nice insights into life and a lot of other stuff. And he's very, very into mentorship. On top of mentorship, he's also a very a person who is very grateful for whatever that he has. And in this episode, we kind of talk about how we combine mentorship with what he does in golf as a director of golf and how he's grateful for that. So... That's why I named this episode um, Mentorship with Gratefulness. So please stay tuned and enjoy the episode. I think this is a good one and I'll catch up with you guys after the recording. Thank you. Welcome back to the Singaporean Golf Pro Podcast. My name is Wei Li and today we have a talk with one of my mentors and also a Penn State alumni who also happened to be assigned as my PGA mentor at Penn State. Uh, his name is Kyle Kolars, and he is the director of golf at Hillview Country Club. Kyle, thank you for coming on the podcast today. Thanks, really appreciate it. I mean, I appreciate you having me. I've listened to your other podcasts, so I appreciate what you're doing. Um, I'm looking forward to uh, listening to this one and also your future ones as well. Thank you. So let's hop right in. Um, can you talk a little bit about who, who you are and how do you get into golf and what, what you're doing now? Sure. Yeah. So um, I'm in Indiana right now, but I originally am from just outside Philadelphia, a little town called Boyertown, about 45 minutes south or sorry, northwest of Philadelphia. Um, grew up, I mean... Uh, I started golf when I was 10, but before that, uh, my actually dad traveled a lot for business and, uh, he bought me like a little plastic set of clubs at an airport. So I don't know how old it was. I think it was probably six, seven, eight around there. And, uh, he brought them back for me and I wore them out. And then he bought my first set of clubs when I was 10 years old and I was instantly hooked. Um, I played other sports as I, when I was a kid and everything, but golf kind of stood out for me. Um, I started caddying really when I was 14, uh, and then I started really working in the bag room when I was 15, 16, into the golf shop, um, and really just kind of took to it. And really, I was trying to decide when I was going to college if I wanted to either play golf or I wanted to, um, you know, go through the golf manager program. And I decided, ultimately decided to go to the golf manager program. So um, I applied to Penn State. And I actually applied to Coastal Carolina as well. So I applied to both schools. And actually, um, I did not get into Penn State's uh, main campus the first year. So um, I had to go to a satellite campus. Um, I actually got into Coastal Carolina, but I didn't get into their, their PGM. I had to do the same thing with them. So, But I decided to stay home and, and uh, stay closer to home and go to Penn State. So I went to Penn State Berks the first year, um, just focused on academics there. 
Um, and as you as you learn throughout as as throughout this podcast, nothing comes easy for me in general. I have to work hard at whatever I had to do. So um, so I had to work hard at my, my my grades for that when I was at Penn State Berks and and it did well and uh, got uh, transferred up to main campus uh, my sophomore year and I was really a freshman in the in the program then. Um, and really, I mean, I was fortunate. I did a whole bunch of great internships. I did one back home at Bella Vista and uh, Gilbertsville. And then I went out to Medina, um, where you're at right now. So that was my second internship. And that kind of opened up a lot of doors for me. Um, I did the breakers um, down in um, down in Palm Beach. And then I did Cricket Stick as well as my last internship. Um, and really, after, after college, uh, I got offered a seasonal assistant at Cricket Stick. Was there for four years, and I was fortunate enough to um, go back and forth from uh, Crooked Stick and Seminole for two years down in Juno Beach. I was a caddy down there, and then uh, I was uh, an assistant professional at Old Palm Golf Club down in um, Palm Beach Gardens down there for one year. And then I was down there when I was at Crooked Stick. I was kind of spinning my wheels my last year there. I was learned everything I could, and I really couldn't do much more. And so um, Sycamore Hills um, in uh, Fort Wayne, Indiana kind of came up. Uh, which was the top 100 golf course. I don't think it is anymore. It might be around like 125. They do like the second top 100 or top 200, whatever it is. Um, but that's a phenomenal golf course. So I went up there um, for four years as their first assistant. Uh, and then really, um, yeah, I've moved all over the place. As you can tell, I'm going to go through my whole, uh, my whole uh, jumping spree here through my career. But uh, I got my first head job in DeAnza Country Club in Borrego Springs, which is a really small town, um, kind of between um, San Diego and Palm Springs out there in California. I was out there for about a year and a half. Uh, a little older membership out there, so it was not not like I was going to see the rating on the wall, but they were that was a, such a remote area. It's tough to get members, so um, I got offered a job in back in Indiana at the Hawthorne Golf and Country Club um, as a head golf professional and uh, actually a Penn State alum. Um, Jason Diaz, um, was there at the time as the general manager. So I knew Jason, um, just through Penn State stuff. And, uh, so hired me there and, uh, also working for concert golf prop golf partners there. So that leads into going from the Hawthorns for seven months. I got transferred from there to Orlando down at the Heathrow country club. Now I got a promotion and director of golf there. I was there for four months. Got transferred again. Now this time it was my decision to get transferred. They said, "Hey, we just bought um, White Manor Country Club up in uh, up in Malvern, which is up near Philly, about uh, twenty five minutes, half an hour south of where I was from." So I knew of it, never played it. I knew it was an awesome course, and they said, "Hey, we're uh, we just bought this course. The head professional left. Um, would you be interested?" And I was like, "Well, here, yeah, let me go check it out." And it was, I mean, like, clearly awesome. So I mean, plus I get to go back near family. My whole family's still back from Philadelphia, back there, so they still live there now. So. Um, Went back there. It's a great job. Um, I think I was there for two years and kind of wanted to get out of the corporate kind of race. It's a little different. If man's corporate golf is a little bit different, probably depends on the corporation, but um, just wasn't for me. And uh, so this job at Hillview came up in 2018, in the summer, which I'll never move in the summer again into a golf season because it's um, <laughs> it's truly interesting as far as trying to fix stuff when kind of everyone's kind of just almost running on E already. So, I mean, it's, it's, I'll never, I'll move. If, if I ever take another job, I'll do more fall winter. So, um, but, uh, did it, was it, it was July 4th was my first day in 2018. I've been here since a so director of golf. I was a general manager and director of golf when I got hired. 
Um, I'm now just director of golf. We've grown so much where um, it was too much for me to handle just being the general manager. So I'm just director of golf because our, I mean, really when I got here, or we had the members we had, I'm trying to think it was 285. We have members here. Um, back two years ago, we had 530. So we've almost doubled in size. Now we're back to more like a four or 50 ish round. It's still more manageable. Um, we raise our dues and try to get, try to, you know, try to not kick people out, but get people to leave just so it's not as busy. So, um, but yeah, I've been here for you know, almost six seasons, five years, five total years. Um, own the golf shop, have owned the golf shop since uh, 2019, um, which is a great benefit. I mean, I would do encourage any PJ professionals to own the golf shop um, if they could. Um, really, I mean, it's it's a great, uh, obviously, monetary. It's, re- it's really good for that. But uh, it's good to have, you kind of have your own business within a business. Um, it gives you more ownership. Plus, if you develop these relationships with members, they'll want to buy from you. You know what I mean? So, I mean, if you develop these, they're going to say, hey, I'm going to want, I want to buy from Kyle. I'm not going to buy from Amazon. I'm not going to buy from a superstar. And I mean, now, that's not everybody. You're not going to get everyone to buy from you just because people are, you know, they they like to buy stuff cheap and that's kind of how it happens. They want tomorrow. So that's kind of the world we live in now. But I mean, it's just a cool thing to have because you have, you build those relationships with these people. Um, they'll probably have them for the rest of my life, honestly. So um, yeah, that's kind of a little background on myself. I mean, you see, I've moved around a little bit, but I've been here for now six years. So it's the longest I've ever been anywhere, which is crazy to think about. I think, I think that's the longest answer I got. For Good. A little background. <laughs> Uh, a lot to digest. Uh, yeah, so been everywhere. Safe to say that. And a lot of changes in your life, both personally and professionally. So through this experience, you know, there must be a reason for you to want to make that much changes and moves. And it's still in the game of golf. So what's the most rewarding part of being a golf professional and like, why do you do what you do? Sure. Um, I'm not sure if it's anyone else. I mean, I got into this business because I like to help people. Right. And that's, that's why I'm here. I like to serve people. I just, one thing that's, I don't know. Just one thing that's, um, I feel like is my why, why I was put here is to help people and it's through golf. So I mean, that's just kind of, that's how I feel. And I was really, my most rewarding thing is to watch my staff grow. I mean, personally and professionally, really as well. So I, mean, I really want, like to watch them. I mean, my first assistant now, Carson, he's been here for I think I think since 2019, since 2019, and really very green when he first got here. And now, I mean, he's really he's he's a head professional really now. I mean, I saw a treat. I mean, he's still first assistant. He's he's working on this, but his PJ, he's getting his PJ work done and stuff like that. But I mean, he's basically my head my head golf professional because he does everything, you know, that the head golf professional would do. Just 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 doesn't have the title yet. So I mean, just watching these uh assistants grow and, he, and and not even just assistants, just people, right? So I mean, I'll give you an example of a head of outside operations guy out there when I, I inherited him. Great, great, great kid. Um, I say kid, he's 25 now. So um, we Lee, you're a kid too. But uh, <laughs> uh but he was out there and just great worker, hard worker, always forward thinking. And I knew he was gonna be successful in whatever he did in his life. And I mean, we, we would talk, you know, a lot and say, Hey, this is not your lifetime job. And he and he said, Yeah, I know. I was like, but this, the reason why you're out here is you can you can show members of how good you are because there's a lot of members here that have a lot of connections, a lot of CEOs and people that um, could possibly hire you toward your job that you right. want. And so I think it was two years ago, he graduated college and uh, he got hired by um, actually a neighbor of a member uh, 
his company that he owned. He got hired there and it's a great job, probably triple what he was making here. So he was ecstatic. I mean, I was happy for him as well. And it just kind of see that and so to know that's, you know, hey, you're yes, you're out here, you're working outside operations. It's, you probably don't like it that much, but hey, this could go to that next opportunity. You know what I mean? So just to see that evolve through the years is something that's, you know, that's um, that I live for. Right. And how do you overcome like some of the challenges, you know, you build a relationship, you mentor a kid, and then, you know, you move from place to place and how, how do you keep in touch or just even for yourself, like how do you kind of manage and balance everything out and how do you overcome that? Sure. Yeah. I mean, it's tough. I mean, obviously, you know, I'm busy. I'm going, I mean, this is probably, this is also always my busiest stretch these like next three or four weeks. And plus I have a trip to Ireland in three weeks, which just adds on to it as well. So I'm going for eight days in Ireland in the middle of in August for a member trip. But, um, time management is the biggest thing really i mean it's if you're you have to be good at cut time management you have to be organized as well so if you're organizing a good time management you will you will you know succeed in this job you will you will excel people that are you know, disorganized or don't know how to manage their time on certain things they're going to struggle mightily they really will so that's one thing where if ever i'm back at penn state or if i'm talking to a mentor or a mentoree or anyone that's at me that's one thing where you have to get better at that that's numero uno for me which from what i've seen if you if you're good at time management if you know where you need to do stuff you know what i mean if you have to wake up an hour early and do this sure do it wake up an hour early get this stuff done then you're gonna feel so much better the rest of the day you actually add on top of that and add two more tasks on top of that as well so um really organization is the biggest thing man it's tough man it's again it's tough to balance family and this job and playing golf, you know, I'm mentoring and teaching. And I mean, it's a lot, right? I mean, obviously a PGA pro wears a lot of hats. Um, so um, it's really just organization, time management. And then another thing I need to add here too, as I'm thinking about is the staff. You have to have good staff, right? It comes back to mentoring. You have to make sure you know how to mentor. Also, you need to make sure you know how to treat people too. So, I mean, you can, you can be a good mentor, but you have to treat people, you have to treat people correctly. I mean, that's, that's one thing I've always been taught. I mean, from my father, from really just, if you just take care of people, that's simple, right? It's not very, not very hard. Just take care of people, you know, make sure you, sh- you show them that you care. Make sure you talk to them that you care. You know what I mean? Not like, don't, don't show them, you know, show them that you might care, but show them they actually do care about their life and that kind of stuff. Show them. I mean, it's, it, it's, it's very simple. It's not hard. You know what I mean? So, but that's another thing. Just take care of people. If you do that, life is fairly easy, honestly. You do that, and people will take care of you. Because I mean, if, if I'm not here, I mean, if I take care of my staff, they'll take care of the operation because they know it means a lot, and they do. And I don't have to worry about if ever I'm out of here. Like yesterday, I was here for two hours because I played a pro lady, um, both the north side and indie, and I didn't have to worry about anything. I never, I didn't get a text about anything or a call or anything. So I mean, it's something where I have good staff. I'm fortunate I've been here for six years, so it's good to have good staff. But just take care of people. That's the biggest thing. Yeah, and when the leader kind of like take care of themselves and then take care of the people around them, it's it's a very uh, I wouldn't say it's a vicious cycle, but it's a effect. Like you gotta be in a good place in order to have yeah. have your other teammates in a good place, and and that that's like being a leader more than like a boss, some even of uh of the operations. Uh, you have a lot of stuff that you do and you're going on and you know even even from a pgm mentorship point of view this is just a little personal fun fact 
Kyle really took care of me at the PGA show, even though I'm not on his staff, I'm not doing an internship with him. And we are actually planning a trip for me to go from Medina to Indiana and it's happening really soon. Well, by the time I release this, it's probably happened already. And I'm really excited for that. And Kyle's been a really good mentor for me. You know, I have had good times, bad times. And even at school, even at Medina, like he's he's been a support system for me. And I can't thank you more than enough. Like I got really, really lucky with the assignment. Uh, moving on, right? You're, you're the director of golf. You know, you own the golf shop. You've got to be a mentor, stuff like that. Like we said, uh, time management is important to balance everything, right? So how do you kind of like get your staff to kind of like maybe see who's more suited to its coaching, see more who's suited to its like doing the shop? How, how do you go through that process? Yeah, I mean, I, I give tests to everybody. So, and I just want to say here, here's a shop, do what you want. No, you have to teach. You have to teach them how you I mean, how you do it, right? I mean, you can't just give it to them and they figure it out. I don't believe in that. I believe in having them make mistakes and then, you know, not being a micromanager because I've had micromanagers in the past and it is brutal, you know, because you don't feel like you ever get, you're never learning, you know, you feel like someone's over your back. So that's one thing where I will not do that. So I will teach them how to do it. Teach them here. This is what I expect. This is what I want. And I go through and I'll teach them, you know, I mean, if, as I say, Carson, I mean, Carson, just to give you an example, he's in front of, he's in charge of merchandise. He's in, basically does receives, uh, receives it, puts tags on it, puts it out there, uh, Instagram stuff, puts on Instagram, all kind of stuff. So he, he's fully in charge. Of that. I mean, we've really, he helps me order stuff as well in the spring and fall, but I'm really kind of, I'm back, I'm, I'm back off it just really. So, I mean, he, but I mean, I, when he first started, you know, this probably two years ago, when he first started, I said, Hey, you're going to be in charge of merchandise because he was in charge of tournaments before that. We went over how to receive his stuff, how, as far as margins, what are, we, what are we looking for? Um, how often do we change displays? You know, we change them very, very much so. I mean, how often do we um, put stuff on sale? Here and there, just, it, it just as far as the structure, as far as what, what we're looking for, right? So, um, and really just teach him and then letting him kind of go off. You know what I mean? And then say, hey, okay. This is your baby now. You do what you want with what you want. Then I'll, I'll, I'll do, I'll give feedback here and there. Say, hey, I think we could do this better next time. Hey, I think we could do this better next time. So I said, I'm not like, hey, we need to change it now. Let's just do it better next time. It's fine. I mean, this is what we did. And so, I mean, and there's teaching throughout the whole thing. It's just kind of like, well, hey, I think I screwed up. I think I did that wrong. So yeah, yeah, it's probably wrong. But hey, let's do it this way this next time. You do it that way. Very rarely does someone do it twice. You know what I mean? So, I mean, it's, it's the kind of the, I guess, a new way of, um, leading or mentoring, or instead of the old way of just kind of being hard nosed and, you know, I guess not yelling at someone, but maybe yelling at someone, but I mean, really just being positive towards them and trying to help trying them grow. You know what I mean? Because obviously he wants to be a golf professional and that's what he wants to do. So this is how you get those steps. You go through the term go program, through program, go through merchandising, go through all this stuff, I mean, playing. Um, he's running, really, he's running this outing today that we have today. So I really, I mean, I did the contract. I did a few emails. That's about it. I do nothing else. He does everything. He does the speaking in front of the whole thing. He does the scoring. He does everything. So, um, it's really just trusting your team, right? But you can't leave them out on an island. You can't just trust them and say, here, go take it. Here you go. And, he, and they have nothing to know. They have no idea what to do. So you have to teach them and mentor them and help them through it. And when you think the guy grasped on it, let him go. And they're going to make mistakes. That just happens, right? It's part of life. If you make mistakes, that's how you grow. 
you have to fail to to get better. So I mean, that's just that's just part of being successful, part of life, really. So I mean, it's I found that to be very rewarding, not only in me, but in, in, in their careers as well, where they get better. They do. I mean, I, I don't have to do much other than just kind of help them throughout the way and make sure I'm accessible, make sure I'm available. So um, that was a really roundabout way about answering your question. That's that's awesome. Um, yeah, even when it comes to coaching somebody, like in terms of a swing lesson too, you kind of want to give a player uh, a concept instead of just say, hey, do this, hey, do that. So even when you're not around in the course, they can figure it out themselves because they have a basic understanding. And it's the same way with mentorship, right? Which kind of leans towards my uh, the next thing we want. I want to discuss with you. Like, what do you think? You know, based on all the stuff you've done over the years, what is the most important thing when it comes to mentorship for you? Hmm, that's a good question. Most important thing for mentorship to me, I want to see the person succeed so much. It almost hurts me if that makes sense. I want to see them succeed in whatever they want to do. It doesn't matter what they want to do. If they want to be a head golf professional, if they honestly want to be something out the golf, outside the golf industry, you know what I mean? I just want them to be happy. I want them to find joy. And I want them to be successful. That's the biggest three things. And however I can help them to do that, that's what I want to do. Whatever they ask of me, I will do it. You know what I mean? I'll do my, they ask me to do something, I'll try my hardest to get it done for them as much as I possibly can. So, um, I just want them to succeed. I want them to be happy. I want them to have, have joy throughout their life. So that's one thing where that gives me joy. That gives me really happiness just to see someone else, you know, growing, you know, have, being happy and really being successful in what they want to do. Because if, if you help someone be successful in what they're passionate about, I'm not sure there's anything better. I mean, really, whatever it is they want to be successful in, whether it's being a head golf professional, teacher professional, whatever it is, you know, I mean, maybe it's maybe they want to be a scratch handicap, being from going from 10 to a zero, you know what I mean? So, um, whatever it is, I mean, it's really, I don't know, it really gives me joy watching the process, right? The process of that happening, and also, um, just watching the kind of, uh, I, I keep saying joy, but there's a different word for it, but really just kind of that right. process to that end and the end part of them, you know, being happy and then being successful for that. So, um, yeah, good question. Yeah. And, and it's also how we treat our membership as well mm -hmm. by, by making sure they have a good time, you know, yep. go the extra mile. And I think going the extra miles, getting lesser and lesser these days. And yep. somehow you think you give a lot, but when you do go the extra mile, it's really unexpected, but just from personal experience, like I gained more than I expected to even. And this just, you know, sometimes I got to put myself first. I got to pick my battles, but sometimes I also put, you know, the requirements of what the person that I'm helping needs. And that's hard to balance, right? It is. Yeah. For sure. How did you balance that? How did I balance that? Um... I don't know. I mean, it's, it's, it's tough in the fact that to balance, but again, it goes back to that organization and really just that kind of stuff. I mean, you just got to know when you need to do it. It's tough to wait. You can't waste time, right? It's, mm -hmm. you can't like, 
mean, it's there's a funny thing. I mean, I just I'm watching the the series The Bear on Hulu right now. If you've been watched it, watch it. It's really good. Uh, but there's a there's kind of a mantra in there that says every second counts. In the kitchen, every second counts because I mean you're you're moving 24 seven to get you know you I mean it's ticket times all kinds of stuff. It's very important, but really every second counts really in everything. Not even just my professional life, which is great. You know what I mean? Um, but my personal life too. I mean, just making sure I'm present back home. You know, I'm, I'm there. We're doing stuff with my four-year-old, doing stuff with my wife, stuff like that. So, I mean, it's um, to be present, making sure you're not wasting anything. You know what I mean? So it's easy to spend an hour on Twitter, an hour on Facebook, that kind of stuff. You know what I mean? I still obviously look at it and stuff like that just to kind of wind down and stuff like that. But, I mean, every second counts and that far. I mean, you have to make sure that you're doing what you should be doing towards that goal of what you want to do. Right. I mean, otherwise you're not mm-hmm. going to get your goal. You can talk about your goals. You can say, I want to do this, this, and this, but your actions will speak a lot of the words, the words, you know what I mean? If you truly want to do it, you're going to do it. If you truly right. want it so much, I'm, I'm, I'm talking, I'm mentoring a, um, a junior golfer right now who I don't, I don't teach. He was, uh, he was down here, but now he's on the North side of Indy, but um, he, um, he's a really good golfer. He's 15 years old. And uh, he wants to be a good golfer. I was like, okay, you want to be a good, good, good golfer? Great. You can tell me that. You have to, you, you have to show me. I mean, you have to show me your your will. Yeah, you have to show me you're willing to do it. You have to, it's almost like, I mean, this I can't remember what this is from. It's a book or it's a quote or something where um um there was this guy that uh, wanted to be so successful and everything, and was talking to a mentor. He goes, okay, meet me on the beach. You know, at you know uh, five a.m. Have yeah. you heard this? Yeah, yeah. yeah where he basically puts him under the water. And he and it almost drowns him and he goes, and he goes, what'd you do that for? He goes, well, if you realize what you're trying to do, that was just trying to breathe. That's it. Well, if you want to be that successful, you were just trying to breathe. That's, I mean, that's how you, that's how, how much you want to succeed is basically like breathing. So, I mean, it's similar to that, but you had, you had to show me you had to do it. Your actions to speak loud in the words. So, I mean, it's one thing where we can talk about all that stuff, right? But you have to show me, you have mm-hmm. to do it. So I'm mentoring him through that and say, Hey, yeah, he wants to win a PJ tour event. Great. That's awesome. Show me you want to do it, right? Work. I mean, work, work hard than everyone. Show me you're willing to work hard than everyone. If you're not, then that's fine. It's not, it's not, it's, that's not, it's nothing against you. But um, if you really want to do it, you have to, it has to be, you know, almost like it's almost like breathing, you know, you have to breathe, right? You have to be, you have to win a tournament. You have, so it's just going back to that. Yeah. Yeah. And and priorities change and we gotta we yep. gotta understand what our priorities are and mm-hmm. and the value in our why and make sure you know the priority fits our current why and you know it's sure. perfectly fine if it changes over the years and you know the whole uh f- whole story about 5 a.m in the water um just the old man puts the young guy's uh head into the water until he can't breathe and then the last moment pulls him up and says how bad do you want to breathe? Like that's how bad you gotta be. Like want to ha- be successful, right? Yeah. And for anyone looking for that video, it's uh called "How Bad Do You Want It" uh by Eric Thomas. Just go search on YouTube. You know, um, I've seen that video so many times myself. I have too. Uh, that's such a good one. Me, yeah, get me through the tough times too. Yeah. Uh, you know, we talked about organization time management self-discipline um just you know going the extra mile when you know you want something uh and fits your why but 
it's fine if you're going to repeat the points and I normally wrap up my podcast by asking this question. So it's a tradition in some sense, given that uh, we're like nine episodes in, I think. <laughs> so what advice would you have given to the you 10 years ago, knowing what you know now? Sure. Um, so I have basically two of them. So my first one is have gratitude. Be grateful for where you are and where you've been, right? Just be grateful because there's a lot of other people in this world that don't, do not have what you have and they would you know, give up everything to have what you have. So just be grateful, be gracious that you have what you have and have what you've gone through. What you've gone through. So the other thing is to notice your opportunity. Um, what that means is uh, there's a turning point in your career or maybe even your life that's you don't realize what you're going through is your opportunity. Um, I'll go through mine. Mine was Medina when I was there. So I haven't told you this, Wheelie, but my opportunity, I, someone talked about Penn State when I was back at Penn State about this, and I realized it afterwards, but Medina set off my entire career. It just did. But I realized at the time, I mean, Medina was great. I mean, I, again, I washed a lot of cards in the shop twice. Um, it was a great summer, Chicago, stuff like that. But uh, it set off my career where it got me into the breakers, got me into Crooked Stick. You know what I mean? I had, I had that I had that name on that resume. It got me into Seminole. You know, it gave me it got me into really really good spots. It got me into the career that I am now. So, um, I'm fortunate that I got Medina. I'll I'll get I'll, I'll I'll give you this story. That's a great story. I haven't told you this either. How I got Medina. Um, I don't think I've told you. This. I don't remember though. But um, so um, PJ show 2000. Oh gosh, I'm gonna date myself now. 2005. 2005. Yeah. Now, 2006, I think the PJ Championship there was 2006, right? It was 2006? I think it was. So 2006. Yeah, yeah, yeah it was. It was 2006, the PJ Championship when I worked there. Um, so I was walking, trying to get, I still didn't have an internship uh, down to PJ, which is back then is standard. Now it's you usually have your internship before PJ show and it's kind of the last sort of people that are looking to get stuff or PJ show stuff. So um, I think it was, it was the second day uh, walking with my friends around the show. And uh, this was kind of when the cell phones just started getting introduced. I had a, um, a flip phone, different now where you can get kind of with everyone at all, at, at all times. Right? Phone. <laughs> What's that? Motorola flip phone. <laughs> yeah, we have a yeah. Razor flip phone. Yeah, that's crazy. Uh, but uh, so I was walking and we were just, we're walking out to leave. And I think it was like four o'clock or something. I was walking out to leave and... Um, I was, I was said to my friends, "Hey, um, I'm just gonna go check out the booth, see if the guy from see the guy from Madonna just dropped by." They were like, "Okay, we'll see you later." So I walked back there, and just to see who dropped by, and I don't remember who was there, but I remember the guy from Madonna was there. Hmm. He's and he was there, and I met him. He goes, "Hey, you want to do an interview now?" I was like, "Yeah, absolutely." So we did it there, got the job, um, and really kind of set off. I mean, events there. So I mean, if I decided not to just go on a whim. So I'm just going to do a check real quick just to see, because it was like four o'clock. I mean, it was winding down. Like, let's get out of here We're on our feet for, you know, for seven hours, you know, and, and dress shoes, um, which were not comfortable back then. There's a lot more comfortable dress shoes. Now they can walk the show and it's a lot easier. Uh, and just that sort of moment set my entire career off. So if I didn't get that job, who knows where I would have been? You know what I mean? If I would have gone back to maybe Philly and a local club there, which I probably could have, which I probably would have done, honestly. Um, and my career will get much different. I wouldn't have been at the places I've been at. I would have been all over the country I've been at. I would have met my wife probably in Indiana, like I've met. 
So yeah, just bizarre. But that that was my, you know, that was my moment of opportunity. Um then didn't realize it. it took me a little took me a few years to realize it, but that was it. Um and if you've realized, man, my my advice to that is if you realize your opportunity, you know, really do as much as you can to make the most of it. That makes sense, right? Work hard. Do as do do, you know, work hard as hard as you can, make as many contacts as you can. You know, and you do that, that's going to open up so much more for you professionally and personally. Honestly, man, I still have, you know, buddies around the country um, from Medina it's, um, the, the, from that three month internship that I still see. I still see the PGA show every year. You now it's been 20 years, almost 20 years, but 16 years since that, 17 years since that. So, um, but grateful, grateful for that opportunity that it happened that way. Um, it was meant to happen that way. Right. So, I mean, just. Just recognize your opportunity. That's that's really I think you should be grateful. Those are my two things. It's just going back to taking the extra mile. Like you went back. You went yeah. and take a look. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh you never know what will happen. And you don't realize, you know, right now, maybe things that we are going through right now. You never know how it's gonna impact you or how it's gonna help you in the future. And maybe like I've had things happen to me maybe when I was what, 18, 19. And I'd be so frustrated saying because Singapore is mandatory military service for two years. And you'd be like, oh, everyone's in college now and I'm stuck here. Uh, yeah. And then when I'm 24, 25 now and 24 when I first met you and you have a little different mindset because of, you know, I've been through 18, I've been through 19. And then you go into college, somehow you realize, oh, that so-called maybe the long route, but it's actually just right on time for me because of the stuff I've learned. Probably wouldn't be who I am today if I didn't have those setbacks or if I didn't go to college when I was 20 instead of 19 right and yeah be grateful for everything you have it's so important um and i really appreciate you sharing all the pointers that you had uh it's been a talk where you know we we kept it really uh natural really impromptu it's not like i i met you or called you a couple of days of banza and said hey we're talking about this is this, this and that's how it is with this podcast it's a really nice conversation and i don't know if people out there who hear this know but yeah now you know there's no script <laughs> yep yeah i appreciate it i appreciate it and remember um where you are right now is exactly where you're supposed to be mm-hmm. yeah, you and, uh, yeah. Uh, just remember that heartfelt talk right yeah for sure and really appreciate that like it wasn't even i wouldn't even want to say like this is like a podcast it was just two guys sitting on their couch just being really truthful to each other and i'm really thankful that you shared what you shared through this platform and like you said golf is the platform that we happen to fall into to help others same thing with this podcast you know and i'm really looking forward to the many years in the future where I keep growing and where I see you <laughs> being that, that friend and mentor that you've been for me the last year and many more years to come and believe no matter which part of the world we're in or which part of America we'll be in. So 
I really look yeah, forward absolutely. to it. 100% really. I appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you for uh, hopping on and thanks for the conversation today, Kyle. And that was our episode with Kyle Colores. I hope you guys enjoyed that episode and that conversation that I had with Kyle. It got very personal and very vulnerable, which I'm really thankful for Kyle being able to do that with me. And I think through that conversation, not only for the listeners, but just for me and Kyle ourselves, we both learned a lot about each other and we also reflected a lot about our personal lives through this conversation. Uh, I hope this conversation will help you as much as it did help the both of us. And I look forward to hearing you guys soon on the next episode. Please follow us on Apple Music, Spotify, and everywhere and every, anywhere that you can find podcasts. And we'll see you in a couple of weeks. Have a good one. This is Whaley signing off. <laughs>